This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. And hello, everyone, and hello, everybody in the Chiefs' kingdom. Mitch Holtus with you, the voice of the Chiefs, along with the man we know as the shop or barbershop or the Spider-Man. That is 10-year NFL veteran Sean Barber. And uh, this edition of Defending the Kingdom is going to feature the role of the tight end. And, yep, buckle up for this one because this is going to be a good discussion because the National Football League has changed in this regard also dramatically Eh, over the last 10, 15 years, Tony Gonzalez kind of got things started. But barbershop, the tight end position, and we know in Kansas City how important it is because the best tight end in the National Football League is part of the Super Bowl 54 champions in Travis Kelsey. Yeah, we talk about that position of the tight end. Um, one of my good friends here in Kansas City is Billy Baber, and uh, he was a former ch- tight end. He was you know, the third string tight end behind um, Tony, he said he's the second string tight end behind Tony Gonzalez, but he also was behind Jason Dunn. Oh, yeah. He was our uh, was man. Another dude he was behind for a while, so don't <laughs> let babes fool you. Yeah, uh, but he, we, one thing, when we talk football, he always um, designates, tell me this, does the team have a great tight end? Mm-hmm. Because if the team has a great tight end, there's no excuse their offense shouldn't move the ball. And I, and I ask him about that. What do you mean? He said, man, the tight end, we control the safety. We control the linebackers. Um, we can displace people. We can make you move places by, you know, having a move tight end, motion tight end. Um, we designate, we can, we, we can make you, you know, show us your hand before you're willing on blitzes and, and things like that. So he said, man, if I got a great tight end and, a, and it limits, um, you know, the freedom of your safety, the freedom of your linebackers to just freelance around uh, because they're worried about getting locked out by the tight end, getting cut out of a gap, getting cut out of a hole, or getting beat down a scene for a big game. Um, it really limits – um, a lot of the disguises that a defense can do. And he says that's, that, 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 that's a quarterback's best friend. People, some people say it's the running game, but uh, if you ask some former tight ends, they think a, a great tight end is a quarterback's best friend. The adjective, though, that you use is great tight end. 30, and eh, we got some great tight ends in this league, but about 28 of them are searching for the next great tight end. There's some good tight ends. There's some average tight ends. But let's talk about the importance of the tight end position, and then we're going to come back to your great uh, tight end uh, in the National Football League, which we know Travis Kelsey is one of them. By the way, we appreciate everybody working out to our Defending the Kingdom podcast. I find more and more people that work. <laughs> why, why do they work out hey, to this? Let's get you right, man. You know, get your mind right. We, we, we talk about mindset. We talk about mental toughness. We talk about all the things that when you're going on that, you're trying to make that, uh, that six-minute, seven-minute mile on the bike. Um, sometimes you get about halfway through and you're looking for some motivation and you, you, hear, you hear the voice of Kansas City telling you uh, how your team is going to re, refit the backpack and packing up for a new season and getting back at it. It, it kind of gets your mind right to finish off that mile. So I appreciate that, man. I know the guys are working out, listening to our podcast. They appreciate the way we, I mean, we speak the truth. Yeah, this is the theme, refitting the backpack for the next climb up the mountain. A dude named Chris McGowan listens to us and works out. Uh, also a guy named Jim Mullinex. I, it just, I've had different people come up and go, we work out too. You mentioned the guy in St. Louis that works out. Well, hey, we also work out to it. So, hey, stay on it. Get your cardio up. Uh, but the first quarter of this Defending the Kingdom tight end uh, 
is uh, I want to bring up some stats here. Okay. Just bear with me a second. Lamar Jackson of Baltimore. We all know the NFL MVP in the 2019 season. Phenomenal year. 42% of his passing attempts were to tight ends. Mm. 43% of his completions were to Ravens tight ends. We know who they are. It's a good crew. Carson Wentz of Philadelphia. Doug Peterson, former Chiefs offensive coordinator, head coach of the Eagles. Wentz, of his 601 attempts, 38% went to tight ends. Almost 40% of his completions went to tight ends. Let's just keep going here. Derek Carr in the division for now. 513 attempts, 30.4 attempts. Uh, a percentage of his attempts went to tight ends. Almost 34% of his completions. Oh, there's a dude named Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know if you've heard of him. With San Francisco, right? He's got Kittle, the great tight end you talked about. Jimmy Garoppolo, 476 attempts last season in the regular season. 28% of his attempts were to tight ends, 31% of his completions. Next on the list, Patrick Mahomes. Out of his 484 attempts, 26.9% of his attempts went to tight ends. Most of those, if not all, to Kelsey. And 29.5% of his completions went to mostly Kelsey. Some Blake Bell, a couple of Yelders in there. Tom Brady, here's where it gets interesting, and then I'm going to get your thoughts. Tom Brady. 613 attempts, 129 more than Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes was hurt, missed two and a half games. 8.5% of Brady's attempts went to tight ends. 9.9% of his completions. Now that is down almost 50% from 2018 because we knew he had Gronkowski. Okay? So here we are, the tight end and what he means to these quarterbacks yeah. and these offenses, and no one more so than Lamar Jackson of the Ravens. Well, you, when, you, when, you t- when you break down those, those, those stats and the teams, the personnel you talked about, let's, let's see what the common thread is. The common thread is that the skill level of the tight ends on those teams that were good, um, they create automatic um, mismatches. It's, it's automatic in the favor of the offense. Um, whether it's the size of the tight end, the, the, the route running ability, the hands, um, no matter if you cover them with the linebacker or cover them with a the safety, those guys are still open. You can't, you, they're, they're uncoverable. You just you hope to get enough pressure on the quarterback so that the pass is thrown a little bit off target. You hope to bat the ball down like Chris Jones did um, phenomenally in the Super Bowl to prevent the, the completion. But those guys are, are almost uncoverable within the, in the, the new age of the offense. You can't put hands. You can't grab them. Can't chuck them. Even once they catch, you can't. You got to figure out how to hit them without hitting them in the head or in the, too low in the legs. So those guys are just um, they, they they create such a a a a a, a mismatch. They create such a problem for a defensive philosophy when you're trying to make sure that you know you shore up the gaps for the running game. You have the proper um, um, consistency and the, the, the edge on the defense so that the perimeter run is taken care of. you got certain quarterbacks. you got deep threats from the receivers. So when, when, you, when you're checking the boxes of what you got to stop, usually the tight end position is, is, is not one of your first or second priorities. You're talking about defensively what you got to stop. And what these offenses have done, the uh, San Francisco 49ers, um, the Ravens, our offense, um, the Eagles, since it's not a high priority for the defense to stop these positions, they've highlighted that position and they've made that their cornerstone, their fundamental one of the, one of the pillars of the offense here in Kansas City and the other offense you named is to get to that that that, that tight end position, expose that mismatch, and make sure that you make that defense pay for it over and over again. 
Now, you saw this start to change as we close out the first quarter of this podcast. We're going to get into Kelsey and the division in a second because this division has some good tight ends. Yes, it it does. Okay. Um, But you saw it. About the time you came into the league was a time it was starting to change. Gonzalez had taken off in the late 90s. It's the basketball guy that's become the great tight end who can run every route on the tree. He can run the seven route. He can run the corner. He can run the post. He can run the dig. Um, Same with Jimmy Grant. Played college basketball at Miami of Florida. You started to see it change. Now I would tell you it's gone to even two more levels higher than I think when you played. Yeah, you know, you, you named some guys, had me thinking. Remember Jeremy Shockey for the Giants? Oh, yeah. Algie Crumpler for the Falcons. Um, it, there, there, was, there were some teams that had some, some, some tight ends that created problems. But everybody, it was just one, right? It was, just, it was one here, one there. But now we've seen, like, everybody is featured almost to a point now where the Ravens actually put three tight ends that are all mismatch problems, all, all create – different um, sets of, of problems for, from a defensive standpoint and all can go vertical all have great hands all you know they, they and they can block so well so the second you take a back step thinking it's a pass and now they all up in your chest blocking you five six yards down the field creating these vertical seams for the running back um, the more and more I think about it the more and more I think Billy was right the the best friend of a quarterback might be the tight end instead of the running back it's a great point, and I don't want to give Baber credit, but I will. Here. <laughs> here's, the, here's the deal. There's so many teams right now that want to help their quarterback. Um, we, we know who you are, all right? You can fill in the blank and talk amongst yourselves. Every one of those teams is scrambling to find the next either really good or great tight end because when you said great tight end, you narrowed that, let that list down. But the quarterbacks who are struggling need these tight ends. All right, the second quarter of our podcast, Defending the Kingdom, as we refit the backpack and get ready for the next climb, focusing on the tight end position in the National Football League. And with the Chiefs, they have the best in the business in Travis Kelsey. As good a year as he had, I still think he maybe was underrated, even within the kingdom. We started to take him for granted. Just listen to this. He led the league uh, for tight ends in yards, almost, uh, well, 1,229 yards on 97 catches. By far the most yards and catches of any tight end in the National Football League. Last year, only Kittle surpassed him. And Kittle set an all-time NFL record. He was injured this year for a good part of it. In the playoffs, in the playoffs, Travis Kelsey was targeted by Patrick Mahomes 22 times in the three games. 19 receptions out of 22 targets. Mm. That's with him covered and draped. Uh, 207 yards, four touchdowns, including the hat trick against Houston. Go back and listen to the play-by-play. That's when I said he's gargling in the sweet nectar of the end zone. Travis Kelsey, to me, was phenomenal last year. I remember him on July the 22nd showing up with the rookies and with Pat Mahomes acting like a free agent trying to make the team. Shop, he never stopped. He, He played through injuries. He didn't miss any time. He set himself up by far, without argument, as the best tight end in the NFL. Yeah, it was no load management going on like you hear about mm-hmm. the NBA um, um, trying to limit the exposure of Kelsey. Kelsey, was, he showed up every game day. Every game day he showed up with a purpose, a passion. Um, and I remember some of the games where he had some really good games we lost a game. And before we did our post-game show, we would go over to him and say something, hey, man, yeah, yeah, great job. No, hey, Barbara, that wasn't good enough. And I was like, man, like, like, like he's already uh, starting to break down his own performance um, you know, the one that got away, the one that got off my hands or the fumble or something like that, um, breaking it down. What, what does he need to do from being good to great, from being great to elite? And I think, like we, we saw his mentality coming in and, um, during training camp, 
working on this the finer tune, the the, the this little nuances that late in the season him and Pat was able to rely on. Um, even when he was covered, Pat threw him open so many times where <laughs> defensively you just got to throw your hand. Like if you're a defensive coordinator, you have a perfect call, you got the inside leverage, you're taking it away, and Pat just rainbows it or just teardrops it to an outside shoulder, hits Kelsey right in stride over the top of your defense, and they're going down the sideline, and you, it's nothing, you can't do anything about that. It's nothing great throw, great catch. Um, you just want to, you know, line up and, and get another set of downs. But he was able to do that so many times in the postseason. Every time we needed a big play, every time our offense needed a little bit of a jolt, a little bit of momentum, um, Kelsey just showed up time and time again. It's like you said, to put a stamp on um, if there was any doubt before this playoffs, who was the best tight end in the NFL? I think the playoffs spoke for themselves. The, the Chiefs kept moving on. Um, our tight end position dominated um, defenses time and time again. And while everybody was trying to stop uh, Pat Mahomes and uh, Sammy Watkins and, 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 and uh, Tyreek Hill from getting beat over the top, our offense was patient enough, poised enough, taking first down, first down, first down, and then beat you for the touchdown. I know the division is trying to figure out how to beat Patrick Mahomes. They're sitting in personnel meetings. Go, what do we? How do we put our roster together to beat him? That this isn't an arrogant statement. It's what you know. We've done that. We've been on the other side of this, yeah. right, with Elway and others. But I'm guaranteeing you, in that same discussion, they're talking about who. Do, how do we put our roster together to slow down Travis Kelsey? Because you mentioned it early in the in this uh, podcast, and that is you have to have a unique person defensively or scheme to cover Travis Kelsey. And even then, shop, it's not good enough. <laughs> so many times, I'm telling you, if we go back and watch that film, it's so many times I'm looking at Kelsey and I'm seeing Pat look at him and say, okay, he's not open. He's going to go someplace else. He throws, it to, he throws it to Kelsey anyway, and Kelsey just, at the top of his routes, he does a little jiggle, a little something to create a small six-inch window. And, and by God, if that, that ball does not fall right on that six-inch window, right in Kelsey's lap, um, and like you said, those uh, three touchdown game, uh, late in the down, and, and he's finding a little hole, a little place to set down in the zone, and Pat just, 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 just like a three point shot, just, just throws it in there right into the hoop, and Kelsey catches for a touchdown um, in that Houston game. Um, it, it's phenomenal the uh, the way they kind of think on the same page, mm-hmm. even after plays, you know, plays begin, they think they see something, the defense change. Them two are already on the same page. They're, they're, they are locked in step um, on what adjustments need to make for him to get open. And then Pat has the, the confidence and the arm to get the ball where it needs to be. You, you just don't find that combination anywhere. And even if the tight end does have the skill level at some of these other places, uh, you got to start to look at the quarterback position. Is he skilled enough, confident enough to get the ball there? And then the, the places that have a quarterback that is skilled enough, whether they have the tight end that can run the routes and get open consistently, um, it's always something missing, but here in Kansas City, we got we got both both elements, both components, and uh, it, it allows our offense to consistently hit on all cylinders. Yeah, and I saw that in July before anybody showed up at training camp. What you talked about, there was 72 hours. Those two guys worked and worked yeah. and worked and worked, and they got in each other's brain, mind, and soul, and it's just a devastating combination with Travis Kelsey and with Patrick Mahomes. But we also see, and I gave you back at the beginning of the, of the uh, podcast, all of these percentages and what these tight ends mean to some of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League. We're at halftime uh, of this particular podcast. You know how it works. 12 minutes for an NFL halftime. You get a second. 
there, good. Uh, and now we enter the second half of this discussion as we refit the backpack, get ready to climb the mountain, talk about the tight ends. And as we've done with the other position groups in the first three weeks of this series, we're going to dive into the crockpot guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to include the guys that right now aren't on the roster. They're considered free agents. And that includes the two guys that were on the roster throughout much of the year, if not all the year, Blake Bell, the Wichita native, uh, Dion Yelder. For, for Blake Bell, I thought he played his best football in the postseason. He got his first ever touchdown ever against the Houston Texans. That uh, prompted, it was so big, it prompted Fisher's uh, celebration, which has now uh, you know, become a thing of, of folklore. But I thought Blake Bell played his best football in the postseason. No, he definitely did. Um, he showed so much growth. Um, we, we knew what we had, right? He had four or five years under his belt. He came here. Hey, you're going to back up Kelsey. You're going to you know, do some uh, red zone blocking, run block a little bit. Uh, make sure that when they, they focus on Kelsey, we can maybe hit you with a little screen here and there. But, I mean, you're not going to be a featured offense. Um, he took those opportunities to learn from Kelsey. You know, uh, learning his footsteps, his footwork, learning his releases, um, learning how to high point balls and how to find soft spots and sit down in the zone, um, learning when to run away from man and things like that. And just, just paying attention to what was going on in this environment, this atmosphere. There's no greater experience for a player, I think, to be um, kind of lost in some other teams, whereas Jacksonville, Miami, um, lost in a team like Cincinnati that hasn't lost, hasn't won games for a decade. And how hard it is to come in every work, every week, go to work, put in that same, uh, that same amount of intensity, go out there expecting to win, get disappointed, and got to do it again for 16, 17 weeks and another season and another season without ever feeling the joy of victory. And then you come here to Kansas City and the air is, hey, man, let your personality show. Play fast. Play aggressive. Hey, learn, learn your position. Learn where you're supposed to line and sign in football. Um, um, go, go make plays. Um, and then being in the offense with a guy that can actually get you the ball mm. on stride, uh, that understands defenses to the point where he's not going to lead you into big hits and lead you into getting your head taken off and stuff like that. So the trust level between the tight end position and the quarterback uh, position is outstanding here. Um, so to be a part of that and now have opportunity to decide whether you want to test free agency or come on back to what you know is a good thing, um, put another year of, of, of successfulness in, in this kind of offense under your belt, I mean, I think going forth, when you talk about the longevity of his career, um, the smart move for him might be to come back to uh, God's country and um, <laughs> come out back on to Kansas City and get a little bit more of that Mahomes magic uh, before he hits free agency. And he is a Wichita native. He played at Bishop Carroll High School. I say that a lot when during our, their play-by-play, but he is home. I mean, this is his home. Now, crockpot guys. Last week we talked about linebacker and yeah. how linebacker can be crockpot guys, and same with the offensive line. Now, when I say crock, we say crockpot guys, it's not a derogatory term. It's actually a compliment because teams think enough of you, they keep you around and pay you yeah. uh, to develop you. Okay. In this position, on the, tr- on the practice squad at tight end, David Wells, Alizé Mack, uh, Nick Kaiser's been around for a while, mm-hmm. kind of a practice squad guy. Um, and then John Lovett is yeah. really interesting to me. Good preseason last year, was a Princeton quarterback. Is he a fullback? Is he a tight end? Well, maybe he's both. But to me, uh, of the crockpot guys, all of them deserve discussion. But to me, John Lovett is a, a name that Chiefs fans have forgotten about. And they're going to see him around camp next year going, oh, that's the dude. Because he got hurt last year in the preseason yeah. and had to go to the crockpot. Yeah, you say that name, I just remember that number 40 catching that little uh, – yep. Uh, like a little flat route and turn it up the sideline and, and right showing, yep, showing people he could he could run with the ball. 
Um, and I asked you when we talked about him, hey, man, what, man, what, what position do you need the X quarterback? So when you have X quarterbacks, it's, it, the, 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 the playbook opens up because they understand philosophy so much. They understand the fundamentals of, of blocking schemes and protection schemes. And so instead of those guys going out and just learning their position and trying to figure out their position, they already have such a great uh, starting point because they, they are X quarterbacks. And so when you get X quarterbacks on your roster, it opens up the uh, fake plays. It opens up the um, uh, wildcat plays because they're comfortable with the ball on special teams, being an up back, running fakes. Um, now he, he's a tight end, so you know he catches the ball well. So he's one of those utility knives. Um, I think we've seen Taysom Hill with the Saints be that same kind of personnel where you just never know where they're going to line up. And it's sometimes such a s- slippery slope on defense, thinking about when that guy lines up in a position that's not natural, what is the offense trying to do? And when it gets your mind thinking about that, then they hit you with a basic play for, 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 for 10, 15 yards. Yep. Um, and, and, and with John Lovett, man, we, we saw him. He started to pick up some momentum before the injury, and, and it's going to be so exciting. We talk about that crock pot, just to let him boil, let him bake a little bit during the offseason, lift some weights, get strong. A little simmer uh, going on. Yeah, that simmer going on. Some seasoning. Build up that pro body. You know, build up yep. so he can, he, can be, he can be impervious to uh, soft, soft tissue injuries and some of those little nicks and necks that sometimes uh, hold young guys back. Um, and now he understands the pace of play and the pace of practice. Um, he's going to be one of Coach Tobe's uh, tip of the spear guys. He's going to be a uh, you know, four-core four teams guy. Um, that, 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 that position is, is, is very valuable to a team that we know is going to have to make some, some budgeting um, issues, some budgeting cuts um, to get everybody under that 53-man roster. Your Chasen Hill analogy for John Lovett is an interesting one. Secondly, to your point, Travis Kelsey was a former quarterback. quarterback. And, yes, we ran wildcat plays to him, throw the ball, do all kinds of stuff. Uh, so these former quarterbacks that turn into tight ends are almost like the former college basketball players. Honest to goodness, you know, I do a lot of college basketball, yeah. not as much as I used to. But when I go out to do these games, I kid you not, I'm as serious as I can be. Because even there's times the scouting staff has said, go watch Barbara at the University of Richmond, a big kid. Tell me what you think. I'll be looking for a tight end. Oh, man. I'm, I'm serious. You're like, and I'll see a kid, and I'll check out with their strength and conditioning, and I'll try to watch their feet, see how they move, and then I'll go ask, does he have the mentality you think he want to give it a try? Yeah. And we saw Rico Gathers at Baylor. Yes, he did. Ended up with the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, so, I mean, we're, we kind of joke and say ha-ha, but it's a, it's a serious thing to find these guys that can become tight ends. Now, the division – this is a really good tight end division. Not only is there Travis Kelsey, but Darren Waller of Oakland, 1,145 yards last year on 90 catches. So he was not that far off the pace of Kelsey. In fact, he was right there. And then you look at Noah Fant, uh, perhaps in Denver, who's developing. Hunter Henry, I know, is a free agent with the Chargers, but I'll be stunned if they don't resign him. Now, these are all those guys that are good, could be great, using your um, adjective from the beginning of the podcast. But the division, to me, is trying to also find the next Kelsey. Oh, definitely. And so you, you got some other free agents that could, you know, evolve in that role. You got uh, Jordan Reed and Eric Ebron and Tyler Eifert. Uh, we talk, didn't talk about um, Austin Hooper yet, Darren Fells. Um, you know, the old man Jason Witten, right? He, he's trying to um, kind of rebirth, the rebirth of Slick, trying to bring his career back. 
Um, so everybody is, is, is constantly kicking the tires on these tight ends to see if they can find a little bit of spark, a little bit of magic, um, because everybody understands how important that tight end position is to making that offense go. And when you get quarterbacks, we, we put so much pressure on them to understand and see everything. If they don't have a release valve, if they don't have somebody they can know, whether you got Kelsey covered or not, there's always a place to throw the ball um, that he can come down and catch the ball. It's always a good throw if you throw it in his, his direction. And I think that was gave, you know, we talk about Trent Green, talk about the, the uh, quarterbacks I played with. Tony Gonzalez, in all the years he played here, he would tell you he was never not open. Now, whether the, <laughs> whether the, whether there was a defender between him and the quarterback or not, that might have been a, a situation. That might have been something to talk about. But there was always a, a area that Tony Gonzalez feels like even when you're covering him, you can throw it a little bit higher or throw a back shoulder. He had great enough hands to go down low. And he says the, 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 the one thing he realized when somebody was guarding him man to man, if you're looking at him, you ain't, you ain't got him covered because he'll catch the ball before you can uh, break it up. And so unless you got your eyes on that quarterback, and then when you look at the quarterback, he's able to stop and reroute. And so he, he's, man, just stay with me. I'm always open. Um, and it, the only reason he wasn't is when the pass rush get to the quarterback. That's the only way you cover great tight ends consistently is the pass rush has to get to the quarterback, make them uncomfortable so they can't throw it where they want to throw it. The mathematician says catch radius. That's oh, yeah. always here. Catch radius is what you're, you know, the, that whole wingspan, yeah. wingspan and uh, Kelsey's got it. Gonzalez had it. Um, and the great tight ends have it. Uh, you bring up a point. Darren Fells of Houston, to me, is a very interesting player. Guy, another guy that's on that free agent list right now is Michael Pruitt of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of in that category of that next level of guy that the, uh, and again, the three tight end system, don't, Big Red will use that, too. He kind of revolutionized it uh, back in 2014 out of necessity. That's the first year, really, that Kelsey came alive. But the Chiefs would run that accordion tight end set where there's one on the line of scrimmage, one on the hip of the guy on the line of scrimmage, and one on the on the hip of the hip. And so <laughs> don't think that Big Red won't pull that out at some time and, and uh, mess with somebody in that regard. We enter the fourth quarter of this podcast, our Defending the Kingdom podcast, refitting the backpack for the 2020 climb up the mountain and looking at tight ends. Uh, Now let's talk and finish with what the college game is providing. Yes. There is a good list of guys here that could be available in the later rounds, uh, some in the first, maybe at 32nd when the Chiefs pick if they stay put. A guy named Cole Komet at Notre Dame. Uh, had a good combine. He's kind of rising up the board. Uh, I'm just going to go through, guys, here. Hunter Bryan of Washington uh, struggles as a blocker, but he's more of that receiving tight end. Jared Pinkney of Vanderbilt had a slow run at the combine. A flex tight end, the guy you've talked about throughout this podcast, Harrison Bryant of Florida Atlantic. Um, uh, then there's uh, Okubayu, well, the kid from uh, kid from Missouri, Albert, Albert O, they call him, uh, Okuebu Hum. Um, uh, but a kid that's, you know, been interesting. Uh, his speed, question is, can he, you know, be an effort? And then there's a small school kid, Adam Troutman from Dayton. Yeah. Dayton plays non-scholarship football. They're in the Pioneer <laughs> League. They're not with you guys in the Atlantic 10 uh, with this awesome basketball team they've got. They had a really good senior bowl, did not run well at the combine. I just gave you a list of guys that the college game is producing. What is the college game producing at this position that the NFL needs so desperately? Well, I think it's it's creating guys that come in ready 
to play. They're, they're, they're coming in with an understanding of what the spread offense looks like, what it's like to be uh, ultra versatile. You have to have a skill set of blocking. You have to have a great base. You have to be able to hang on to tackles, hip, and block an elite pass rusher. You got to be able to block an in um, with you and a running back both together and keep keep the, keep them off a quarterback from killing your quarterback. Um, you got to be able to control the safeties. Like I said, you got to be able to control the safety in the middle of the field. Um, you got to run some precise routes. You got to have a feeling of of uh, when the route's over and how to create an exit path and a, a release valve for your quarterback. Um, you have to do all of those things, uh, but you got to also realize that you know half the time your your, your back is going to be turned to the defense. And you got to be able to take a licking. You got to be able to take some of those hits and get up. Um, some of the, the greatest, uh, most proudest moments I had of Travis Kelsey this season is when he got lit up a few times and he kept getting up, kept getting up, answering the bell is what you call it. Uh, never, never tapping himself out. Always wanted to be in there when it was in the red zone, um, in the fourth quarter, uh, right before halftime. Whenever it's the most important times, um, he never checked himself out of the game. And so that kind of mental toughness. Um, I think we're seeing more and more, and we're just seeing more athletes. Um, these guys we all mentioned are all great athletes, and that they, they're all six four, six five, two hundred and fifty pounds, um, and they run like linebackers. They 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 they're all you know f- you know uh, four eight guys, five old guys, um, and able to 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 really stretch the seams, uh, put a lot of pressure on your, um, your your defense going up the seams with, with your safeties and your linebackers. Um, but then you also get guys. We got you know a couple of wide receivers. A guy like uh, Chase Claypool, right? A big, yeah. a big oversized wide receiver. Who, if you look at his frame, you know, you give him a couple looks. Yeah, you, you can put 10, 20 more pounds back on that frame. He wouldn't lose too much speed. He has great hands. Uh, great, like you said, catch radius. Awesome eye for the ball. Can uh, be an awesome red zone target. Um, so you start thinking about things you can do with him. And he's not a top, you know, 10, top 15 wide receiver. So he'll be available in the third round. Um, all these tight ends will be available in the you know second and third round, so you don't have to even uh, you don't have to trade up for these. These guys are going to fall into your lap, um, and when you when you feel like they they fell fell you know enough down the draft board that their skill level demands for you to take them. Um, if you look at our team, um, it, we are going to be thin at the tight end position. We have so many free agents right now. Right, Kelsey's the only one under contract, so we got to we got to you know build through the ranks. And so grabbing one of these tight ends late in the rounds, um, third or fourth round, would not be something I see as uh, that out of out of out of the uh, scenario for the Chiefs' draft strategy. I'm gonna give you now. We're gonna talk about wide receivers in a couple of weeks here, but a kid named Jody Fortson. Yes, sir. That's who fits what you just talked about. Maybe fitting the frame. We're now a big, big wide receiver, big bone kid mm-hmm. who's listed as a wide receiver to me. Looks more like it could be a tight end type. Yes, yes. Over time. So we'll just tease that one uh, for the wide receivers. But next week, we're going to go to maybe the strong, well, not the strongest position of the team. We know quarterback is there. But on the defense, the safety group. And what an exciting uh, group that is and what they did to lead the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. All right, Shop, here we go with tight ends. We know how important they are to the National Football League. We love ours in the Chiefs' kingdom. But just know this, everybody in the NFL is looking for the next, and as you said, great great tight tight end. end. He's Sean Barber, a.k.a. The Shop, a.k.a. The Spider-Man, a.k.a. The Barbershop. I'm Mitch Holtz, voice of the Chiefs. Next week, we're going to refit the backpack some more and talk about one of the strongest positions on the roster, the safety position. 
Thanks for listening to the Chiefs official podcast network. Ten five touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins in Arrowhead.